Hello. We're live. Um, assuming everything's working correctly. This week on the cast, it's me, David. It's Nakara. It's Shiver. It's Nixt. And that's all the uh, intro time we've got time for. Uh, it's the CitizenCon Roundup stream. Here we go. I wish I had some like fancy music there. But, it's really uh, unfortunate nothing happened this week. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, CitizenCon Roundup, uh, there was a convention for citizens. Uh, it's kind of boring. Um, and then the week after, nothing really happened. And we're here, and uh, it's time for us all to go home. So thanks for tuning in. We'll see you guys next week. Oh, you're still here. <laughs> so, um... Oh man, are you okay over there, Shiver? No, I'm. There's, Let's... there's not enough face palm in the universe. <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh, let's talk a little bit about CitizenCon now. Um, last week, uh, myself, Nakara, and Mr. Jake Acapella uh, recorded a ridiculous roundup of or an analysis of the entire um, the entire event. It took us two and a half hours to do. <laughs> mm. The video is two and a half hours. It yes. took us four. It took us four hours to record the video. It's two and a half hours long. Uh, just as an idea of how much there was at CitizenCon, and, and we didn't even talk about like our experiences at the convention or like uh, our our things that happened to us. This was just just like the presentation. The presentation. This is. Two and a half hours of talking about what the presentation showed. Mm -hmm. Just like, ah, oh, man, what the hell? Yep. Um, if you haven't watched CitizenCon, what are you doing here? If you have, um, what did you like? What did you guys in the chat think of CitizenCon? Because I know what. I mean, Nakara and I were were in LA for like a good week, so I haven't really interacted with with people on you lovely people on this stream for two weeks. I don't know what you all thought of CitizenCon. I don't know how it went. I don't know how the the stream was. Um, how was it for for everyone else? Because for us there, it was uh, pretty awesome. I think. All right. While we wait for responses, I want to answer two quick questions. Mm -hmm. Wolf Larson asks, is it true Dolvag tucked Vince into bed every night in the INN house? Um, actually, I tucked Dolvac in one night. <laughs> Dolvac, uh, Dolvac, Dolvac and uh, uh, Canadian Syrup tucked Vince in one night. Yeah. I don't know, there's a lot of tucking going on. Go on. <laughs> no comment. The other question is, is it true that Dolvac was the patient zero of the INN plague. Yes, that is 100% factual. Just for the record, I feel horrible. Wait, why am I talking into this? It's not working right now. <laughs> uh, for those of you... <laughs> for those of you that don't know, I am on a separate computer today because my main computer's motherboard died and um yeah 
I miss my PC. So I, uh, I'm wearing like a gaming headset with like a built in mic, which is just weird for me. Um, I don't like it. It's, uh, mm. I do want to say I am currently drinking tea that was, um, generously provided to me by Isogen. He sent, he sent several members of INN some tea. So thanks to Isogen. Um, Isogen's but the best. it is me. So it wouldn't be tea unless I added a little bit of sotelage to it. So I'm drinking tea with some. It wouldn't be inside the verse if I wasn't drinking, would it? No comment. <laughs> um, so in the chat, I'm seeing a lot of, uh, you know, enjoyed it. Enjoyed CitizenCon, disappointed that there was no Squadron 42. Enjoyed CitizenCon, disappointed there was no Squadron 42. But, like, we Hamster uh, says... This week's ATV helped to understand why. And what I want to start out by by talking about this week, really, is if you haven't seen this week's ATV, uh, you should. Because, well, Nakara, do you want to explain to everyone a little bit about what this ATV is? For, those, for the people that haven't so, watched this week's ATV. Essentially, it's a behind-the-scenes look at the preparation of the CitizenCon demos, uh, both of them, Homestead and Squadron 42. So you do actually get a few glances at Squadron in ATV. Um, nothing particularly revealing, mostly people running down corridors, but um, still, fact remains. One of the things that sort of came out of it was that they worked on the Squadron demo for a very long time, um, but when it came right down to it, it, there was a lot of bugs that were they were having a very hard time resolving in the and they were getting to the point where they were actually considering just fixing the just fixing it for the demo and not actually fixing it for the game um you know temporary patches to make sure that, that the demo worked and they realized that that is sort of against everything that they normally do um my volume is too low apparently just a moment It's like having silence back on. Oh. Oh. Okay. Uh, is that better? Hopefully I'll know in 30 seconds. Anyway. Um, essentially, yeah. They, they, they spent a lot of time preparing the demo, and they were coming down to the point where they were having to consider just fixing it for the demo and not actually fixing... not actually putting in permanent fixes for the game because it would take too long. So they decided that instead of doing that... Especially considering they weren't even sure they could get it working, they decided to uh, they decided to instead focus on the Homestead demo, which was also having problems leading right up to the last few days. Um, so they left themselves two full days, which were Saturday and Sunday, full days, uh, to get the Homestead demo working correctly before they had to show it. And uh, yeah. So, it was very, very good uh, behind the scenes. It showed you how hard they worked. Uh, there's a lot of inside clips from the boardroom. Um, a lot of Chris asking why things are, are still broken. Um, 
the uh, the one that I, thing that I thought was kind of revealing was that Chris was basically asking. They showed one clip where the AI walked into a doorframe. Yeah, which was something that we saw actually in the Moro tour, and um, it uh, Chris was like, you know, why has this not been fixed in a year? And yeah, there was a lot of discussion around that. Um, generally, the vibe was that it was almost ready to go, but that they didn't want to show it unless it was perfect, and it wasn't perfect. So we'll see it in four to six, four to eight weeks, I guess. Yep. Uh, um, so also, apparently, the the whole uh, sandworm thing happened very last minute. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I think the, the ATV that they did this week was really good for the project and well, Shiver, is there something you'd like to, to mention? Desmarius, I knew there were beautiful locks in Scotland but I had no idea they meant your hair. Oh, that's... <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. Thanks, Des. I think that's the best comment we've ever had. That's that's pretty good. I think that's right up there. Um, so Nakara and I were were at CitizenCon. Obviously, we we were on the floor, and I mean, immediately after, I I did talk to a number of devs who were all saying how how disappointed they were that they weren't able to show off Squadron Forty Two. Like it's it's not just us as fans that really wanted to see it, they wanted to get it out too. Um, uh, Shiver and Nyxt, what did you guys, how, how was the, uh, you know, the pre-stream and the post-stream and, and all that doing it live? Cause, cause this is the first one in a while that I haven't done. Nyxt was amazing. We had this great huh. plan before I, I was just going to get the most of it and the body of it. He was correct and grab screenshots there was a technical issue on his side, so he couldn't grab screenshots. And by the time I finished writing my sentence, Nick's had already published exactly what I typed. So I was like, okay. And it, it, yeah, so we swapped over halfway, and I ended up grabbing screenshots, and I grabbed all the screenshots. And Nick's typed faster than the wind. I will say, for the, um, the CitizenCon analysis that we did, I was we we actually I mean we rewatched the entire CitizenCon presentation basically before we did that and I mean I I was sitting there being like okay we need the slides from the from the demo someone has to have put them up on Reddit so I'm sitting there like browsing page after page of Reddit being like okay someone has to have put these slides up you know where are these slides they were great slides they were the best slides um the highest quality slides. Why has no one put these slides up yet? And then I was like, wait a second. I know a site that probably already did that. And I'm like, Imperial New... Oh, hey, look, the slides are there. I was really pleased. I just... Yeah, I was pleased. I think it is a little bit funny we forgot to check our own website. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Yeah, I want to say to anyone out there that's watching that was at CitizenCon that we met, it was great meeting everyone. Um, like, the presentation itself was a lot of fun. The the two bar citizens before and the bar citizen after, and even just standing in line waiting for CitizenCon, just the amount of, of camaraderie that the community has is just... It, it was great. It was absolutely amazing being there. It was it was amazing just you know talking to everyone and meeting people. And I mean, multiple people wanted my autograph. Which here's here's a little here's a little secret. David can't write. Hey, okay. I told you that in confidence. <laughs> no, here's a little secret. We're not that important. You don't need our autographs. Just yeah, we all got asked for autographs. It was it was interesting. It, it was slightly surreal. Yeah, <laughs> surreal is a good word for it. Surreal. Yeah. Um, so I do want to talk a little bit about um, one of the things, and and actually, uh, Shiver and I talked about this briefly in the week in ten, which we just recorded, which will go up, uh, you know, tomorrow. Um, hey, David, what is... what's the week in ten? The Week in 10 is a uh, quick 10-minute podcast that INN, being myself and Shiver, do every week that tries to summarize the news of the week in Star Citizen in 10 minutes or less. Sometimes more when there's a monthly report. Uh, you can, it's just, you know, quick news. Um, but something Shiver noted that uh, not many people have talked about. And Shiver, why don't you, uh, why don't you take this away? Because... Um. It's, people have touched a little bit on it, but I don't think it's getting enough love of... If you look up in the sky, you can see Port Olasar, and it's not... Uh, it's not faked. That is live in the game happening right now. You can see the rings going. You could look over in the distance, and you could see the moon. It wasn't um, faked in any way. That was right there, and I know of no game that's done that before. That is completely out there so that that's an accomplishment that's something can new. i can i interject with a comment please of course um so one of the things that tony zervek mentioned in the um decades long rtv that happened this week uh thanks for that by the way cig that was really yeah. easy to transcribe yeah uh, actually no <laughs> hang on hang on Real talk right now, before we move on at all, that reverse the verse was what an hour plus of an hour and a half. It was an hour and a half. An hour and a half of the most talkative people at CIG talking nonstop. Um, thank our transcript team. Thank yep. every single person on the transcript team because. Hey, thank you, Nick. Next, Nakara, CS. Stormy, Stormy, Desmarius. Yep. Uh, Sunjammer helped a little bit towards the very end. Yeah, Sunjammer hopped on um, as well. But folks, we were very busy our, this week. Yes. our transcript was thirty-three pages long. Thirty-three thousand words. <laughs> yeah. Um. What if you see those guys around? <laughs> give them props because that yeah. was a mammoth task and. Yeah. 
Um, we we managed to do that in four hours, which is actually pretty fast, all things considered. Um, yep. But, uh, yeah, I wanted to mention that Tony Zervex uh, actually talked about this during the uh, RTV, and he was like, you know, in the future, you're going to be watching battles from the surface of the planet, and you're going to look up, and you're going to be like, holy crap, look at that battle, and then you run over to your ship and go join it. Yeah. Um, and that's kind of, it sort of just blew my mind. <laughs> you know, like, I don't know. I, we've never had a game like that, that you can watch a battle that's going on, you know, thousands of kilometers away and actually be able to get there in time to participate in it. Um, I don't know. It, it just, it's incredible. Uh, it's going to be an amazing thing to experience once the universe is live. Yeah. The, the scale of, of everything that they've shown is just... Well, the other thing was, in tech terms, um, yeah, exactly. The scale is the scale. This whole game is unreal. It's just a known. Uh, what, what was it? Um, what was it? Someone was had posted to the Reddit like the day after yeah. that. Was it the, the map was the size of Skyrim? The the distance no. that they traveled yeah. in that yeah. In that demo, the distance they traveled was the size of Skyrim. And that's just from and, the landing. Just just from the landing pad to the uh, to the crash javelin. That was it. Yeah, the flyover at the start would have been many, 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 oh, yeah. tens of times that. That's a that's a great comment from Chris too. He's like almost as big you as know, Oblivion. Yeah. Um. Chris was like, you know, we we kind of had to go that fast because they wanted to show the different biomes. Yeah, he's like we couldn't do it do it in a ship because everyone would have been sitting there, you know, like checking their watch and you yeah. know, <laughs> how long is well, this going to take? <laughs> and one of the things you notice is there was a lot of popping, right? I mean, the trees were yeah. popping in. There was a lot of popping, and the thing that I've I've had to mention to a few people is like, yes, there's that popping, but one. We're still early days in procedural tech, and two, you will never be traveling that fast in game. Yep. Uh, sorry, no ship. No trees, ship. Can... I'm pretty sure those are default CryEngine trees and haven't been touched by CIG yet. So there's that as well. Really? Wow. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> not not 100% confident, um, but I'm pretty sure. The, so not you don't think any of the the flora or flora uh, had been done some, by CIG? Maybe some, but the bulk of those trees looked like okay. default Cry looked like default CryEngine uh, stuff to me. But I could be wrong. I'm no expert whatsoever. <laughs> but yeah, that would make way, sense. Crying can do to a degree, amazing yeah. foliage by default. Well, that's yeah. the other thing that they might they might not even change it too much because they were talking. Who is it? Uh, Sean Tracy was talking about how the actual um, construction of forests in CryEngine was very solid. Um, yeah. And they didn't, like the, and it was mostly tech based. Like they could use, what did he say? He said, like a jungle was made up of 16 different trees, but they had a system that allowed them to be randomly rotated and sized. Yeah. So they never they didn't look the same. And uh, so you could use like 16 trees to make a whole jungle and it would be yep. hardly noticeable. I remember painting 
like trees in CryEngine. It was always great because you you just paint trees and it just randomly makes them look different, even though they're all the same bloody tree. It's it's it was really well done. Um, the other thing I wanted to mention was that uh, if my brain can catch up. Um, oh no! Apparently it can. Oh yes, right. Uh, so <laughs> who is it? Um, I believe it was. No, I want to be sure. I think it's Brian Chambers. Talking about what's going to be in three point oh. Yeah, it's Brian Chambers. Yeah. Um. So we, basically, there's a question about whether the whether what we saw at Citizen Con will actually be in three point oh. Uh, in terms of tech, right? Not in terms of the actual planet. Um. And he said the tech, it, all of that tech will be in the game, and it'll probably actually work better because they have, they'll have time to um, refine it and optimize it. Yep. The uh, the, the tech that they're using is phenomenal. Um, mm. So there was the also this week the the RTV uh, the post Citizen Con special, which we talked about how massive it was, but it had a lot of good. Um, stuff in it like like the oh, yeah. talk about the 3.0 tech um i also really liked the talk at about 20 minutes in it the question was what is the current status of instancing and <laughs> I, I i transcribed that question yeah so it you was can, long you can, you can explain a little bit more because i've only got the tldr in front of me i i oh, yeah. actually I haven't talked about it more I've been doing Thanksgiving stuff and haven't actually had time to watch either the rtv or the atv it's been a hell of a week um okay i can i can fill in for you there so but but like they say in the short term they can probably get up to 200 players in an instance after the code refactor in 3.0 yeah so that's uh basically after 3.0 comes out they should be able to get in 200 players that's sort of a maximum um so you could you could have 200 players there they're hoping at some point in the future when they're able to do server meshing that they can get 2,000 players in an area, um, which should allow for those massive fleet battles that we're hoping for. Um, now, he said, well, what if you have 10,000 players there? Well, then they would probably have to re resort back to instancing. So each have actually having separate instances of the same area. Um, but they think they can get up to about 2,000 people without doing that. This is, again, with that server meshing tech, which is very new. Um, it is apparently not only CIG, but several other companies are also working on it right now. Yeah. But it is not. it doesn't sound like it's currently being used in any games. But it's one of those R&D things that a bunch of different people are looking at. Will now, do we... <clears throat> Go ahead, sure. Question. I don't know if anyone else knows this at all, but I'm going to throw it out there of... You say 2,000 people max in an instance. Uh, hmm. Will the yeah. physics grids come into play there? Say um, a Bengal has a crew of 200, but they're all in the physics, physics grid on the Bengal. Wouldn't they be outside the scope of the um, space instance, so to speak? So technically, mm. you'd have minimal no, people because, on No, because... No, because... So that would be one... So the, the whole idea is within that area, you'd have many, many different servers all meshing together to create it. So that Bengal would be run on one of the servers. So uh. it would still count to the it would still count to the number of people in the area. 
Um, however, I think that probably would be players rather than just ships, characters of any kind. So if you could have 2,000 players, even if you have Bengals in there, there probably aren't going to be more than 100 people on a Bengal maximum um, in terms of players. It'll um, mostly be NPCs. Like even yeah, I think we got an idea about the size of the Idris. Like they were saying, like twenty people, twenty players on an Idris, and the rest are NPCs or something like yeah. that. Something like that, yeah. I mean, I think um, even then that might not be completely it, because if there's an instance managing the players on an, um, a Bengal, then that instance doesn't need to communicate the details of those players' location inside the ship to the other yeah. instances, which might mean that. It can support more. That's certainly area. possible. Really, the biggest takeaway from the whole thing is that you can basically throw out everything that you knew about Star Citizen's uh, limitations networking side uh, before like June this year. Um, yeah, because really, yeah. that's all kind of gone out the window. Do we have like? any idea of any other games i mean dual universe is going to be using a similar kind of meshing technology but like is there anything else like even mmo wise that has that kind of number of players in like no this is very much as far as we can tell it's very much an r&d thing a lot apparently lots of companies are trying it but nobody's done it yet um so a lot of it will be you will be doing it when 3.0 launches uh well and they won't be do- doing server meshing no this will be just the base code refactor which will be ripping out all of the old CryEngine network code and replacing it with their own low level code uh that will get them to 200 players in an instance yeah um, we, i believe they said that worked was that and an instance then, now uses so many server resources but it doesn't scale well yeah so you can't just keep throwing stuff at it no, that's the thing. Like they can fit what is it, forty players in Art Corp yeah. and twenty four in Arena Commander right now, but yeah. they can't scale it at all because um, because there are lots of uh, there are parts of the code that you can use multi threading and distributing to cores, but other parts of the code can't, and so it doesn't scale at all. So they're sort of stuck where they are. Um, that's why they had to do the code refactor, and that will get them to two hundred ish. Um, so you'll probably see, you know, in a, in a, in an instance of the 3.0 universe, you'll probably see 200 players. Um, that's sort of what they're aiming for. The other thing is that, uh, the server meshing technology that they're, that they want to use that could get them to 2000 in an, in a small area. Um, that part of it, they want to test at some point next year. Um, but they are non-specific as to exactly when, because it's work in progress. Yeah. Um, now the other problem that they're having—I shouldn't even call it really a problem—but one of the things that they have to take into consideration is something that we've talked about several times. There are gameplay considerations here too. Um, what about if ten people want to talk to the same quest giver at the same time? It gives—it's it, an issue, and they're still working on how to deal with those problems. One of the one of the ways they're going to deal with those problems is um, like if there's too many people in a space station, for example, it will give you the all landing pads are full message. Um, or if there's too many players on a planetary location that has landing pads, it'll say all landing pads are full. Um, 
there these are all temporary things so that they can they're trying to make the game feel as non-instance as possible until they can get to a point where they can support a huge number of players in an area. Yep. <clears throat> so, so I just talked about that for a long time. Let's uh, let's go on to something else. Ah, <laughs> uh, I don't I don't even know what else to talk about. There's just like, no, I saw that was happened. I don't know. Not much else, really. <laughs> Um, um, I want to talk about something that they mentioned in the RTV that I personally am super excited for, which is the idea that after, like, what 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 did they say? Um, probably shortly after 3.0, we might see, like, a horde mode in Star Marine. Um, I love horde modes in shooters. Mm-hmm. I... I mean, I've been playing the Overwatch horde mode nonstop recently. I, oh yes, CIG, do it because horde mode. Oh yeah, horde Horde modes are some of the most fun you can have in games. Yeah, they really are. Um, I and plus they make for amazing cooperative experiences. Yeah. You know what? Questions. I want to open it up to questions a bit early this week. Um, I feel like, I mean, part of the problem here is we did do the 2.5 hour uh, analysis, so we don't really want to retread lots of that because we analyzed it for two and a half hours, which... (laughs) Uh, happy to happy to answer questions. I just yeah. Uh, but sir, throw us your questions. What is your question, what Shiver? Is your question, did Shiver? any of you buy a Polaris? <laughs> yes, you did. Yeah, I did. I got straight. <laughs> I, I believe. <laughs> I believe Mr. Jake Acapella bought one as well. Did he? Excellent. Ooh. I actually, I actually no. Hang on. This is something I really want to mention and kind of chastise CIG for. Um, so if you go to robertspaceindustries.com, that me, I'm going to do this live because I can, um, you can find the, the Polaris, right? The little Polaris sale thing. Where is it? Come on. I'm, I'm having difficulty finding it because it's now disappeared for me. Great. But wait, is it over? Is the Polaris yeah. still on sale? Oh yeah, the Polaris is still on sale. Or yeah. should be. I think. I think it should. Sorry, one second. I'm trying to find there it is. Concept sale for the RSI Polaris. It's still on sale. And it's yes. it's rather expensive, seven hundred and fifty dollars. Now, and this is something I'm I kind of have a little tiny beef with. Did you know that underneath the Polaris, if you keep scrolling down on that page, scroll, 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 scroll. You get two bundled sales. There's a militia ship sale, which includes the the F7C and the Super Hornet, the Gladius, and the Saber. You can get all three of those for 350 US. There's like there's there's a whole bunch of packs that are on sale beneath that that got basically no. And some of them no, are really good deals. I, I I myself picked up where is it? I picked up the Aggressor Patrol pack, which is a Cutlass Black, a Drake Buccaneer, and two Dragonfly Blacks for two hundred and twenty-five dollars. I picked that up because that I wanted a Cutlass. Oh, that was I wanted, mentioned in the video. 
It was mentioned briefly in the video, but in the video it almost felt like it was in like in the universe, just like along with the Polar. Like it didn't really, it didn't say that it was on the site. It seemed really. It seemed like they didn't talk about it much, and there's all these. More to the point, it seems like very few people actually understood that it was happening. Yeah, yeah, and and I think that like, I think it's important. There's a lot of really good deals, and I don't know how much longer they're going to be on for, but uh, they should be there till Monday. That's not that's not long. There's only two no. days left. Nope. But there's some. They're really good packages. Like yeah. There, these are, this good. is one of the very few times when you actually can get money off. Yeah. We talk about chip sales, but really they're not sales. They're just chips that are on sale. Um, these are ship sales. If you buy them together, you save money. Yeah. And um, especially what some people have done is if they already had a few of these ships or even had even already had all three, they melt them down and buy the pack. Yeah. <laughs> you, you save, save. Some money. Yeah, uh, I just some people don't know that those those packs are there, and I mean, oh, hey, wow. that support ship pack is really cool. Yeah, yeah. There's there's a bunch of packs that are just great, and okay, so Zane is saying that they did a better mentioning job of mentioning it during the pre-stream show. We at, we at the convention oh, didn't see any yeah, of that. I mean, we we didn't see it at the, at the convention, and we were hardly even aware of it. At all, yeah. like I have to say, it was a really professional, decent-looking show. I was really impressed by it. Oh, um, I heard the I heard the pre-show was fantastic. Yeah, it consisted of them going up to the balcony above everyone with Jared yeah. interviewing someone, then going back down. To, I, it looked really well done. It was. I was cool this kind of being cheesy. on it. I was. You know how they did some some live interviews from the floor. Mm-hmm. They did the first interview from the floor. I was second, but they weren't sure if they were going to go we back live. For you. <laughs> I, I was recorded. Tyler said it may show up on an ATV or something at some point. Which, but yeah, I, I sent you an interesting really, screen cap. I sent you an interesting screen cap this morning in Discord. You did. You did. There, actually, I am on in the ATV. There's <laughs> Very there's, briefly, yes. Very briefly, I'm in that ATV from that interview but i i really hope that they do uh they do air it because um i'm really proud of one of the things i said actually um what did you say by the way well tyler was asking everyone he interviewed he he asked uh what does star citizen mean to you right and i i was proud of my answer but let's move on um um one of the things i wanted to mention this is important this is important okay Eris is in that ATV at least four or five different times because he looks amazing. <laughs> Jimmy from it's the base true. That's why was doing a lot of the uh, narrative as well, which was quite cool to see him pop up on ATV as well. And fast cut. Yep, fast cart was it. Uh, we we at INN decided that fast cart was the the ambassador, like the. It was basically the entire weekend was was fast cart weekend. Um, yep, everyone yeah. loved him. It, it was all about fast cart. So I'm going to go to one of the few questions we've got so far. Remember, what's your questions? Uh, ah, jeez, I'm. Uh, this name is difficult. Uh, Pelicaningus one. <laughs> <laughs> That's when you like pelicans a bit too much. <laughs> yeah. 
Wow. Uh, ask, <laughs> what do you think about the player amount in a single place? They said they'd want to have thousands of people in a single place, but wouldn't that be a little bit too much? No. Um, um, well, it depends what you mean by a single place, really. It's, I mean, the way Star Citizen is doing instances means that, I mean, a Bengal, the inside of a Bengal is one instance, or the exterior around a planet can be one instance. And, they, and they've always said that they can kind of size those instances as they need to. So they'll be able to have like an, an in, a bubble of an instance that's, you know, a battle in space. Let's say Tess decides to um, fight themselves and it's just a thousand auroras crashing into a thousand auroras. Uh, that'll be one instance and it can be in as small or as large uh, a bubble of space as necessary. So I, I don't think that's too much at all. I think it's, I think it's going to be great for the game and I can't wait to see how they do it. Yeah. And I mean, it really depends on what an area ends up being. Like if an area is a city, two 2000 players is not a big deal. Now, if, if an area is, um, the inside of an Aurora, <laughs> you have issues. You got lots of issues. <laughs> <laughs> but uh i'm assuming that it, that it won't get too crowded and uh that's obviously something they can do i mean once you have the ability to have lots of players if it's too many in a given area you can always scale it down so now i i know that your your um your expertise lies in different directions but next you're you're the most uh technologically savvy of us do you think that they can get to 2000 I would say so. I mean, they haven't said anything. They aren't going to. No, they're going to give it a good shot. They've got the right people. They've done things that everyone else has said is impossible. I don't see why not. Yeah. Next. I, I, I think, think they'll just do it. <laughs> <laughs> if we don't get Shia LaBeouf and start Squadron at some point, I'll be very displeased. Episode hey, two. They, they say that there are some people that they haven't they haven't announced. Yeah, child <laughs> there you go. Well, he Malcolm might be McDowell. in there now. I'm, I'm out. It's better be Malcolm McDowell. Um, and, and actually, no, what, what you just said next, I think, is really important. The whole people have been saying the things that they have done have been impossible this entire time. And I mean, people have said that what they've done with the procedural planets, what they showed in that Homestead demo, the the the. Uh, Olasar rotating above the planet and being able to just look at it and like that's that is impossible. Uh, I don't think that impossible counts for CIG anymore. Oh, one of the things that I thought was that kind of blew my mind about um, the actually I really want to mention this. One of the things that really blew my mind about the RTV, um, they were talking about how they did planets and one and how they did them was that you know the local physics grid well. They have a local physics grid around the entire planet, um, yeah. and that's how. And that's also how they detect the the uh, uh, a ship going from um, enter, uh, a ship entering the atmosphere. So that's when they trigger the atmospheric effects. That's when um, the HUD pops up with the altitude, uh, the altimeter, and the max safe speed, and everything is when it crosses from the the galaxy or the the system map into the planet's uh, frame of reference. Right. Um, but more importantly, what the, what I realized is if the planet is a local physics grid, that is what's going to allow them to have planets with different gravity. Yep. 
Um, because for a I, long time they said that they weren't going to do that, and then recently they said they were, and I think that's why. And I got an interesting story about the gravity, actually. Um, on the show floor after the presentation, uh, one of the devs was talking about um, kind of one of the things that they had to work on at the last minute, because uh, CryEngine supports, like, flat, right? Most mm-hmm. games support everything is flat, and you just gravity is, is down. Mm-hmm. But in a spherical planet, gravity isn't necessary. Like it's, it's different. So for a it's while, towards were- the center of a sphere instead of just down. Down, yeah. So yeah. for a while, uh, and, and it's important to note that this demo was the first time we've seen cloth used oh, yeah. like that because that cloth was astounding. But when they first were doing the cloth, it was actually like by default, it was pulling west constantly. <laughs> Because because CryEngine was confused about the gravity, so it was just it was the 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 outsiders would be standing there and all their stuff would be going that way. <laughs> I thought that was great. Like little things like that are the things that they're they're you know dealing with on a pretty much daily basis. Um, so Zane has another question: uh, How does Eris feel to be wrong when I asked him if they would mention the Merchantman this year? <laughs> okay. It was barely mentioned, but it was on the roadmap. So suck it, Eris. I think it's. I think <laughs> it being on the roadmap and you having an idea of when it's going to launch is the best possible mention you can have. The yep. the reclaimer is on that roadmap. I rebought my reclaimer because it's on that roadmap. Yeah. I think that roadmap Honestly, is amazing. Bam! Suck it, Zane. In our in our INN group, we actually don't have very many reclaimers, but I can't count any one of us who wasn't who was there who wasn't super thrilled that it was on that, especially because it's so soon. Like yeah. it, it's coming with repair and salvage, whereas something like the Orion, which is also gigantic, isn't coming until much much later. Even though mining is coming fairly soon, well, fairly soon. Yeah. Um, but. The Reclaimer is probably one of the largest ships in Star Citizen in terms of volume. It's gigantic. Um, because it's it's as tall as most ships are long. And hmm. and then it's also that long. <laughs> so, <laughs> so it's uh, going to be... shorter than a Polaris. Yeah, it's... Yeah. Three. It's, 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 it's capital ship size. absolutely huge. And I am like, I am so excited to see that thing in the game because it will be terrifying. It's just a, a very it's a very imposing ship. There were a lot of ships in that roadmap that I don't think we really expected to see as soon. Yeah, especially compared to others. I, there was a lot of ones we thought we're not going to see us till the end of the queue that weren't. So it it's it's important to note that the only ship that was really missing from that was the Endeavor, and that's because it's. Because the Endeavor is... <laughs> well, it's probably the most complicated of any of the ships. Yeah. Um, so Hellcat asks, uh, we're getting one and possibly two new concept ships according to Ben. What do you think they'll be? Um... <laughs> uh, Brivals asks, what was your most memorable interview during CitizenCon? Uh Two seconds, I'm going to link it in chat because... And, and now, don't get me wrong, I did some some phenomenal interviews during CitizenCon, some interviews that I really, really enjoyed. I mean, we've got an uh, interview coming up with, with Ben, 
that I think is a great, great interview that uh, that we did post CitizenCon. Um, one of the last ones that we're going to put up is I did an interview with uh, with Disco that I think is one of the best interviews. Period. It, it, away well, you. I mean, oh, that was so amazing. That was probably my favorite er- early moment of CitizenCon. Yeah. Uh, sitting, but, okay, I gotta I gotta set the scene here. I'm sitting back at our Airbnb because I had to go home early, and uh, Desmarius, who I believe is in chat, is like, "Did you see what happened to Eris?" Oh, I was like, "No, <laughs> uh, no, I didn't see what 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 happened to Eris." And so he sends me this link to Bad News Baron's stream. It's just Disco Lando throwing Eris over his shoulder and running away with him. <laughs> it was pretty fantastic. It was amazing. Um, yep. Where is it? Should discuss it. Confirmed okay. Disco Lando so, is a single seater ship. <laughs> so there's two. Uh, there's. I'm going to post two SoundCloud links because I currently can't actually find them on INN for so, whatever reason. But Here's the first interview that I think is amazing. Uh, it's it's actually not an interview. It's just Disco Lando singing. And here is the oh, it's so second. Awesome. It's it's amazing. And here's the second one, which uh, I interviewed uh, Greyhead Gamer, Akarok, and jeez, um, oh, I I cannot rem- for the life of me remember his name, and I feel horrible. Uh, listen to it. It's beautiful. It's a plus um okay uh one of the things i wanted to just quickly I'll mention be right your... back carry on okay perfect one of the things i just wanted to quickly mention is that it's about the cloth um the uh they seemed really proud of it too during the atv that to happened yesterday um they said it was their basically the best character they've ever made the sand nomads um and this is a great picture that we have of of that character. Um, but yeah, they seem super proud of it. It was made by uh, Jeremiah Lee, if I'm correct. Um, if I'm not, can someone please hit me with something? Preferably not too hard. Hmm. Um, it sounded but like no, those characters Josh Herman had some involvement. Oh yeah? Just based on what they said in ATV. Perfect. Now, do you have any more questions here? Hmm. One of the things I thought was really interesting as well was on a Reddit comment, one of the devs, not quite sure who, said that they didn't get the rover coming out of the colony working until the day before it. They worked for two weeks. It was only the second day before it that they got it out and working. <laughs> There's so, Yeah, they're having so many problems with that rover during the... Uh, you can see during the ATV, they kept opening the bay and it was already destroyed. And they're like, um, and yeah, that's that's got to be pretty uncomfortable, eh? Yeah. So Brivals asks another question: uh, Where are you guys sitting at CitizenCon? Uh, we were right at the front. You can actually see us in a bunch of the stuff from the Around the Verse. We're like four rows in on the on stage right so yeah um yeah stage right um and you can if you look for us you can see us um 
several times during the ATV. Um, uh, another question from yeah. Rivals has a lot of questions. How long did INN wait in line for the signatures? Uh, we didn't. No comment. Uh, we honestly, immediately after the presentation, <laughs> we started interviewing people. We started, you know, doing what we do. Uh, yes. I will say that now, if you've watched INN programming before, you've probably seen our mic flag. We've got a nice, you know, a, a mic and a mic flag. I will say that this did end up happening. That is so amazing. Oh, who's graffiti uh -huh. on it? Oh, that'll come <laughs> out, Eris. That'll come out. That's fine. Uh, all right. Just scrub it. That, that mic flag has now been retired. Um, it will no longer be used. It's uh, it's going in on my shelf of 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 things. Yes, I want to personally give him a shout out because he's amazing. Um, as uh, a lot of you know, I had surgery recently, so um, we were sitting at at the CitizenCon presentation. And sitting is hard for me because I had back surgery. Uh, we were sitting for three hours straight. And I was not doing very good by the end of the presentation. But I really, really wanted to get Chris Roberts' signature. And I wanted to meet him because I'd never met him before. Despite what some people think about my shilling. <laughs> um, I thought you were a so, employee. Uh, well, that's the rumor. I, uh, so I just told, I told Eris, I'm, I'm just going to hang around long enough to get Chris Roberts' signature. Then I'm going to go back to the house. And he's like, okay, just sit right there. I'll be right back. And like 20 minutes later, I was getting Chris Roberts' signature because basically they made an exception for people who were having a hard time with any or any sort of medical problem. Um, which I... Uh, so thank you very much, Eris. I really appreciate that. Because I would never have had the gumption to ask for myself, but he asked for me. <laughs> um... And so that was really awesome. And it allowed me to go and rest because I was not in good shape. Yeah. But no, we, we, we made, I mean, I talked to the volunteers. I want to say that the volunteers at the event were, uh, just, I, I can't, I can't say how good they were. Um, oh, they were fantastic. Like they, they did everything they could. They were all over the place helping people out and, and, um, like they were just, they were amazing. Um, As I understand, I wanna... the volunteers were being led by a volunteer, which was quite cool. Yeah, they were. Uh, who was? Uh, yeah. Um, so and and I mean, I went and talked to uh, uh, Nighthawk Zale, who was one of the head volunteers and and he went and and started an extra line for people who had um basically for people who couldn't wait in line for mm -hmm. you know two or three hours and uh i did not take advantage of that but i'm really glad that they they made the exception because uh well and that led yeah. to a very 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 wonderful picture that i'm going to grab right now of me and fastcart yes um because Fastcart was the person in front of me in line. And he's amazing. So we got this great picture. <clears throat> yeah. Why don't we get to rename it FastcartCon? <laughs> we should. It basically, it basically it was, was FastcartCon. Yeah. Yeah. 
Carcon. Uh, so, Kaloran asks, I got here late, so I don't know if this was mentioned, but did the ATV special make you feel better or worse about not seeing Squadron 42 at CitizenCon? Um, now, I know that this is just me and people think I'm weird and stuff, but I actually didn't feel bad not seeing Squadron 42 at CitizenCon. Uh, there, was, there was a post on the, the subreddit, and I can't, again, I, I'm horrible with memory, but um, I want to try and look it up really quickly. Hmm. Um, someone, where is it? Uh, no, I want to. I want to search only Star Citizen. Uh, the Thomas made a post entitled "Don't be the publisher." Yes, um, we talked about that in our gigantic long yeah, thing. and I think that this is exactly the attitude we should all have. I'm not disappointed. Like. I would have liked to have seen Squadron 42, but at the same time, I am more than content to wait until Chris thinks it's ready, because that's why I've given my money. The post simply says, Publishers complain about missed demos. Publishers complain about pushing back delivery dates. Publishers force developers to take the easy route or the cheap route or compromise their vision in order to meet a release date. Publishers are the problem. I gave CIG money specifically to keep publishers out of the process. I gave them money to put feature-rich revolutionary gameplay before target dates and zero-day patches. As a community, we've effectively paid to keep publishers away. Don't become the publisher. And that's that's what I think about when the delay. When people so, say you're paying for development, that, that means you are paying for the Chris Roberts vision. No, no one's going to say... Look, just ship it next week. Pull what you've got. We want this in. We want that in. It, you're paying in to give Chris Roberts the time to make a full Chris Roberts game without any third party saying, we want this, we don't want this, get this published. I would like to mention that I'm not, I'm not sure how many people played Freelancer. Um, there are probably some folks out there. It was my... It was probably my biggest Chris Roberts, and obviously my most recent Chris Roberts experience. Um, I did play Wing Commander a bit uh, when I was young, but uh, that was a really good game that he was never able to finish. Yeah. Um, basically, he was booted out halfway through by publishers. Yeah. And it was still an amazing game. It was not what it was supposed to be because he wasn't allowed to finish it. I'm very excited for what this game can be if that's what a half-finished Chris Roberts game is like. <laughs> yeah. Because it was uh, fantastic. I love that game. So, Great Shot 12 asks, uh, and I'm going to kind of paraphrase this a little bit, but do you think uh, 2.6 could change to being 3.0 uh, because they're not quite done with 2.6 yet? No. Uh, 2.6? It's no. almost done. Uh, 2.6 is... I mean, it, it sounded to me like the thing that's holding 2.6 back is that the arena commander changes are with the avocados and are being tested out. It's It sounded to me like Star Marine's probably done. Star Marine is done and playable. They're just waiting for the arena commander changes to be tested. I yeah. We will see. It's not going to be rolled into 3.0. Uh, fast cart, I was talking about Freelancer. Zane, and this is this is a question that we talked about a fair bit amongst uh, ourselves. Uh, farming, no endeavor, what the fuck? Terrestrial farming, does that imply player-owned plots of land? 
Yes. Yeah. Honestly, or... what I think we're what I what I think we're gonna see is um, basically farms built on the surface of planets that use the biome module from the endeavor simply so that they only have to create one um, yeah. asset. Crazy... Or potty plants. That's, Next, that's go ahead. What I was going to ask was, do you think we'll be growing our little plants now? <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're potty plants. It could be in your ships. Yeah. In your, har- your cargo bay. Get a wee rack of... I want a little balcony no. Tomatoes. garden on my Constellation Phoenix. Yeah. Yeah, um, I so I just think that where farming is positioned and because of uh, just because of how they've been building the game, I think what you'll see is some sort of modified endeavor module that will be used as a farming base on the planets, just so that so that they don't have to create multiple assets for farming right away. Yeah. Um, so our holiday asks, how is it not illegal to have a beard as glorious as David's is right now? It is. Why oh, do you think I had to leave? Uh, California. You cannot even imagine how glorious that beard is. In person, it's it's a hundred times more glorious. <laughs> um, uh, Mateo Big One Twenty Seven asks, "What are your thoughts on the shift in tone within the community after ATV was released?" Um, I think that it was exactly what needed to happen, and it's exactly what they were looking for. Um. You can actually, they actually mentioned in ATV how upset they were after CitizenCon with the reaction. Not that, not upset at people for reacting that way, but just upset that it happened because they, they were disappointed in themselves that they couldn't get Squadron to the right spot. Um, you talk about how, uh, like it was Tyler and Ben were talking, I think, and, and they'd like, we don't even want to read the forums right now. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and, it was, uh, you know, and we actually, you know, we had an experience uh, right afterwards, or David did, I believe, um, that sort of echoed that. But, uh, no, they were disappointed that they couldn't get it to the finish line with Squadron. But that also means, uh, keep in mind, folks, that also means that one of the two live streams before the end of the year is going to be ridiculously epic. <laughs> <laughs> Tis the season for live streams. Tra la 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 la. Um, by the way, Hellcat, it's because Dolvac is my evil twin. Um, so, and for those of you who are listening to this audio oh. only for some reason, um, a question is from Hellcat: Why, why do Dolvac and Nakara look so similar? Um, again, I think it's because Dolvac is my evil twin. Um, it would make a lot of sense. <laughs> uh, I, I actually, uh, so B LeCue asked a question above that I missed. I apologize. Um, he says, where, where was it? Oh, geez, I just had it. Uh, on a different note, did anyone watch the Wanderers short film? I did not. Yes, I was in it's LA. So, it's so amazing. Have you have not seen it? No. Link me to it later. I will. Link me to it later. Um, but, also, he makes a point here. Where is, where is, where is it? Yeah, it was called Don't Be the Publishers, talking about the Don't Be the Publishers Reddit post, and it was also linked in the PC Gamer article, he thinks. And I want to take a minute to thank PC Gamer for that article, because the article that they put out yesterday, I think it was, was actually a really good article. Oh, it now was, I can read it. 
That's good. Um, you gonna co and it. and I I, sh- I gotta say I I didn't actually read that article because PC Gamer in general has been super negative on uh, on Star Citizen. Here's so. here's something interesting. I'm not sure if I should talk about it, but no one told me not to. But it um, the PC Gamer were there. They had people at at I mean they were at yeah. Bar Citizens. I I met them. Um, uh, Actually, can someone find the link to the? Yeah, PC I'm email? going right now. Yeah, already going right now. The Carl will will link to that. Um, thing is, and this is what I found interesting. They were saying that the person that they had originally scheduled to write an article about Star Citizen based on the the CitizenCon demo, he watched the demo, but he didn't like Star Citizen. He had no idea what it was. He didn't own the game or care about the game. Like he, the person that they were originally slating to write the article about Star Citizen had no interest in Star Citizen, and it sounded like after after PC because PC Gamer actually got to sit and talk with Chris Roberts after after the event and stuff, which is good. And it, it sounded like the the editor of PC Gamer was like, "No, you know what." I'm going to have a hand in this because it's not right for us to release, to, to write an article with, you know, to have someone who has no interest in the game write about it. And, and they came out with this article that he wrote that's all about the fans. And I think it's one of the most level and reasoned and researched takes on Star Citizen fans that we have had, period. Uh, I, I can't recommend the article enough. I would like to say that I really wonder whether the community's extreme out, out uh, uh, lashing out at Kotaku has sort of re- reverberated through the the game website community because there's been a couple of these where there've been like oh crap maybe we shouldn't antagonize 1.5 million people. Yeah. <laughs> Do you, do you think the fact that a lot of these uh, publications are looking at Star Citizen now and going, shit, you know what? What they're doing is actually revolutionary. And even if I'm not interested in the game, if this is successful, this could have some really good positive ramifications for PC gaming in general. Yep. Well, I would imagine, I would hope so. My biggest issue with uh, has always been with the coverage of Star Citizen. Every time I've ever read a preview of another game on a website, unless the game until the game is released, they're always super positive, super yeah. positive, always, every single time. It is wow, this looks pretty interesting. We'll see what they can do with it. Um, this is an interesting idea. Even if the game turns out to be garbage, they still take a positive view on it before it's released. Star Citizen hasn't got any of that kind of of uh, leeway at all. It's been it's not done yet. What the hell? Yep. <laughs> so that has always been my my issue with it. Um, I it seems to be improving a bit, but you know, it, uh, and it's, thank, it's kind of thank sad. You to, it's... Thank you to Red Bull for actually being the only ones yeah. who who had decent articles for like the first couple of years. I think it's kind of sad because these are articles coming from people who should know a lot about. The development of games and should know that oh it does take more than two years to develop a game like it, it's it's coming from people who should know better and i don't know why they don't anyway um 
Our Holiday asks, what currently existing game do you think the quality of the ground graphics on planets is most comparable to? The current quality? <sighs> yeah. Um, I, I don't think it's where they're going to get to because they, they've always been pushing the envelope. It's good right now. It's much better than V1, uh, but they're not settled with it yet. Um, the current quality, I think, is probably... Off the top of my head, I'm thinking Destiny-ish. Um, what do you two think, Shiver? I was watching it the other day, and I actually commented to um, everyone that was around at the time that I said the ground textures were remarkable. And in my opinion, you've got to make good ground textures. The, you know, Skyrim's default ground textures, and the yeah. oh, textures garbage, you see yeah. the most. And they did a really nice job on them. I'm not sure. I, I, I don't want to start using things, but they, like, parallax mapping. But they looked three-dimensional rather than just flat and textured, which was really one of the biggest easy. problems with... Uh, oh, yeah, go ahead, next. One of the things that I think it was ever that I actually brought up during the week um, was that the tech ground looked really great, yeah? But the water could have been improved. I, I see a lot of improvements there, especially since the we water, got whole water planets coming. Yeah, I, I don't think that they've really paid much attention to the water yet. At least it doesn't seem like it. it it's very tiled. You can it, it yeah. looks tiled. Uh, I think that water is probably one of the last things they'll do a lot of work on. Um, I however, I, I got to give them I got to give them huge props. The improvement in terrain texture quality from V1 to V2 was insane. I think the best thing to look at is. At you know, kind of near the the beginning of it, when he first gets into the the rover and he changes to the view that's the wheel and you know oh, drives yeah. off and starts start, and you can actually see like little tiny pebbles are casting shadows. Now those pebbles don't really exist, but like they're they're simulated. Actually, the pebbles do. Yeah, really? they do exist. So that's each part of each cast- particle now exists. That's how they're casting shadows. That was part of the new. Um, that was part of the new system with the new particle effects that they showed in ATV a while ago. It's it was insane. one of the ways. It was one of the ways that they can um, have each like particle of dust can yeah. have all the light rays bounce off of it, and it that's that's part of the same system. So now all those little tiny particles do exist, and you get some amazing effects out of them. But it it comes uh, at a pretty serious graphical cost, I think. I, I can't think of something that does that's looking no. as good as it does on the scale that it does, and they're not done with it. I'm, I'm thinking that it's going to end up looking like a Tomb Raider. Like the, the the recent Tomb Raider games have looked amazing. I, I can see them getting to that. I got to disagree with uh, that. I don't want it to look like something we've seen before. I want to be able to say, this is a PC graphic graphical game you know only a pc yeah, could run this i don't want someone to go oh i've seen this on the playstation 4 oh um, well it doesn't look like that anyway uh Zane, one thing i wanted quickly. to mention can, can yeah. i just yeah. t- touch on the car at the next uh just quickly um Bilek says uh oh sorry what uh, what are these things? i'm trying to find the comment um oh actually i just wanted to say that um one of the best Oh yeah, water needs some waves is what he said. One of the best games I've seen for water effects uh, was uh, Assassin's Creed Four, Black yeah, Flag. Yeah, Black Flag. Um, I would 
if we could get something like that, that would be unreal because it was amazing. I was going to say that people are interested in the comparison between the V1 and V2 planets. There's a guy on Reddit who put together a side by side video. Yeah. It really makes it apparent the difference when you see them side by side. Yeah. Uh, Nakara, for your thing on waves, I want to remind everyone. Uh, they they probably haven't done much on water yet. I mean, that's just like the trees are probably you know default cryogen trees. The water is probably default cryogen water. Don't know, but um, keep in mind yeah. that there is a planet that is entirely water and has a wave that crosses the entire planet every once in a while and wipes everything out. They will be doing water well. It's yep. we don't I. There will be waves, now, will be well done water, so I think... Now, I the mean, next it, step, of course, because it's Star Citizen, is are they going to allow us to fly our ships underwater? That's uh, no, question. I think they actually talked about that a while ago, because just because it's sealed against no anything doesn't mean you can go underneath, because there's pressure. Uh, you might be able to go... Ships can probably land on water. I don't know if we'll... They should definitely make a um, submarine, a submarine version of the Terrapin, which is like super armored to yes. begin with. Yeah, that would be wicked. Okay, so <laughs> Zane asks, uh, based on the mentions of homesteading and farming, are we now expecting full-on uh, Star Wars Galaxy-style player homes and settlements? We already I are. Eventually, not not at launch, but I eventually expect that. Yeah. Uh, that's changed, actually. Um, oh. That's been moved up. It's happening. It's full on. Like at launch? Yeah. Oh. No, they Scroll. want to, um, because of the procedural planets, it's moved it up. Yeah. Um, it, it was in an interview recently with Chris Roberts. He was talking about how because they have these gigantic place, play areas now, and there's so much ground, they want to allow people to build things. So it'll be coming sooner rather than later, rather than you know someday um and yeah homesteading i mean honestly you see that update that said farming the farming update's got to let you farm somewhere so you're gonna have to be building things on nope you're gonna have to be building things on on the surface okay so uh this is one that i want to ask all of you we're gonna start with next uh hellcat asks do you really think cig will be able to keep the ship release timelines yeah i think all the timelines they gave, they are going to be more accurate with this year because they've got the people coming off Squadron and having done Squadron for a year, they know roughly how long it takes to crank out these ships. They know roughly how long it takes these people to do these type of things. So the, as they get more and more into content, things get more and more predictable. So yeah, definitely. Sure. As Disco said, they're moving on to asset creation now, moving away from... Uh, the tech side of things, things sh- we should we consumers should start to see more changes rather than them just be under the hood. So I would say, yeah, it's not it's not a dangerous bet. I'd say, yeah. Uh, Nakara, um, one thing I wanted to mention is that uh, the largest ship team they have is the Squadron Forty Two ship team. They have been working predictably on squadron 42 ships um they're almost done and when they finish the bangle which i believe is probably going to be their last one that whole team is going to roll off of those ships onto all of these other ships 
absolutely, I think they're going to hit their timelines. They just are. They're going to get so many more resources to deal with all of a sudden. Um, I think that's why you see so many of those big ships added to the timeline, is that they will actually have the resources to construct them. Um, now, will things slip? Yes, absolutely, because that's how it works. But in general, I think they'll hit. Yeah, I I agree. I don't think that uh, I think that ships are something that they've really got a handle on. Um, if, if we think about the pipelines that they've done and the the work that they've done to to streamline development, ships is really where it started. Ships was the first team that they they streamlined the pipeline for, and they they standardized the procedures and they created all the different tool sets. Ships is where they've got the most experience. Now we can actually see them doing that for procedural planets. We can see the tech that they're building to to create um, little little bases on the ground quickly or little satellite bases in 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 sky those are that kind of tech or the tech that that is holding squadron 42 back the subsumption tech all the tech that they're doing is based around making things as quickly as possible because they've got a massive massive universe to populate with content and they can do that with ships now they have the tools they have the the guidelines and the the um what what do they call it oh jeez it's like those the modular that, pieces well not not just the modular pieces but like the the art styles they have the oh, art yeah, the, styles the style guides the style, the style guides. guides they have all of that finalized for ships so ships i have no no doubt that they'll be able to get them out yeah the thing that's was, really go ahead next uh, i think it was the reverse the verse um where they said when you look at the ship quality two, three years ago, and you look at it now and how far that's come, they're going to see the other things make similar jumps as everything gets ramped up. Yeah. One thing that people need to be aware of is that Lear 3, in that procedural demo, was a playground, essentially. It was something that they built to go, let's see what we can do with what and, we have. And it was also built like they started work on it after the Gamescom demo, basically. Like it was. They did not have all the tech. Uh, it, you know, it, that tech has come in in the last eight weeks, and they've built that planet. That that's that planet is like a few weeks of work. Not only that, <laughs> uh, people should notice that they in the in the editor demo they jumped to a different planet, which was also mm -hmm. done. Um, and that planet. Yeah. And that planet was a completely different planet entirely than the one they jumped from. Uh, take that, No Man's Sky. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Ouch. There was a few... Um, well, let's just say Chris Roberts got in a few shots <laughs> during yeah. the presentation. Well, it was beautiful. He made a few... Yeah, let's... Uh, yeah. Uh, actually, anyway. B. LeCue has a good point here that... Uh, Ships were a, a huge blocker originally because it was taking them forever to make the ships individually, right? And um, and they had to redo it and redo things and redo things, and it led to delays. And part of the result of those delays was the hiring of the Frankfurt team, mm -hmm. really. And uh, yeah. So uh, the other th the other thing with Frankfurt is they're currently at like. Um 
Is it 50 some odd developers? 53. I think it's 53 or 54. And um, they have enough desks now after their expansion to go to 72. Yeah. So um, they're they're bulking up on that team. This is this um, is something that's really really important to mention, and it, it and it was shown in the CitizenCon, the the presentation. presentation. They started with six people, then they had a hundred, then they had two hundred. Now they're at like three hundred and sixty. They've been growing constantly, and they're not done. Every single studio is still hiring. That's four <laughs> studios, three hundred and sixty developers, all hiring. I would also like to mention that, like, even I was under the impression that Austin was was sort of uh, paring down, yeah. but after they lost, I think they they laid off what thirteen developers uh, mm-hmm. last year. They um, they're actually now have grown again past their original size, like their 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 size after the layoffs. They've yeah. grown back to like fifty fifty some odd people, fifty eight, I think. It's and, just they're um, specializing. And so they sort of changed direction and what the studio was doing, but then they started growing again uh, because they're doing live ops and DevOps and all that and, other good stuff. And Austin's going to grow a lot more as they continue yeah. doing more live ops stuff. Oh man, live ops is going to be huge. So yeah, yeah. So Hellcat has a question here. Uh, can we talk about how bad manned turrets are right now and what and how CIG should fix it? Uh, Three point uh, Three point they and I believe they, I don't remember if they talked about this, but yeah, they did. They I, it's not going to be fixed in three point oh, but we saw it at in the, in, in we saw it recently. Gamescom demo. Gamescom demo where, the turrets do look a bit better now. Like you can, you can kind of use them. The, they said that it was it was better for the three demo than it had than it is right now, um, significantly better. And then they've said they've made more improvements to it since then since the yeah. gamescom demo um it is this it's an area they're constantly working on they actually have people who are working on it all the time it will eventually get to where it needs to be um i gotta tell you considering what was it 2.6 has the lobby refactor right yeah 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 um the lobby refactor is going to allow people to queue in multiple in multi-crew ships in arena commander um, they'll be doing a lot of work on turrets because they'll have people playing in them constantly. Yeah. Um, uh, I expect I expect to see it improve quickly. Rivals has a question. Uh, did you like the Squadron Forty Two portions that were shown in the special ATV yesterday? Yes. Damn, no. does the address ever look good? My God. Uh, <laughs> and, and kind of on that. Go ahead, Nakara. However. Oh, I just. Um, I was just, you know, you could tell some, those bugs, they're, they're there. You you could see the character walk into the doorframe, and I'm like, that's the exact thing we saw in the Morrow tour. And you could see Chris express frustration about that because, again, it hasn't been fixed yet. Um, you know, there are reasons they didn't show it to us. I, I'm not going to lie to you guys. I was disappointed that I didn't see it. Um, I, it was one of the things I was really excited for. But am I angry at them or disappointed in them? No, I'm just, I wanted to see a cool thing. And I saw less, so, I did not see that cool thing. Yeah. So there you go. By the way, anybody else blown away that the Squadron 42 demo was going to be an hour long? Yeah. <laughs> Imagine having to sit through that as well. 
Actually, you know what? Hang on. I want to I wanna take a second to talk about something that we haven't talked about at all, which was shown at CitizenCon, which was Spectrum. And I think Spectrum is looking fantastic. But, and I think this is something I want everyone to do. Yeah, and I'm, I'm, I'm going to be yelling at CIG for this as well. And I think everyone should. Um, their roadmap. Uh, and I want to talk a little bit about Discord, because Discord is something that almost everyone uses now. Pretty much everyone has switched over to Discord unanimously. It's a phenomenal service. Great. Um, the best of services. But... <laughs> yes, Mr. Trump. <laughs> what? I said um, yes, Mr. Well, Trump. <laughs> the reason, the, one of the reasons Discord was picked up as quickly and as universally as it was, was at launch... It had excellent mobile integration. Yep. INN have a Discord server. We mostly use it for, for ourselves and like for interior INN stuff. We would love to move that over to Spectrum. Absolutely love to. And I'd love to start growing the INN organization a bit, you know, as we prepare for the game. We can't move over until there's mobile integration. I think, and and I think everyone should should try and mention this to CIG. Mobile integration is possibly the most important thing that you can do now with Spectrum. In in the future, hell yes, we want the in game in game you know chat like we want all those other features. But mobile, mobile is so important because how often? I mean. I look at the the stats on imperialnews.network and and watch people looking at it and it's almost half and half. People look at INN on desktop 50% of the time and on mobile and tablets 50% of the time. People keep up with stuff on mobile. They have to you have to do mobile integration first, please. Well, the the biggest <sighs> issue really is that it's at the bottom of their so like yeah. I'm not we're not sure if those are sequential if they're like this is the direct, the the order we're going to do things in, but it was at the very bottom of the slide. It was the last item, and I was sort of thinking in my back of my head, if it takes me a year to get mobile in, that's not a good thing. Um, yep. Mobile needs to be higher. I know they're not mobile developers, even the Turbulent, but uh, if they can prioritize it at all, they should. Yep. Um, okay, so, a few questions quickly. Uh, Big Bad Fish uh, what will come out first, Squashin' 42 or Star Citizen 3.0? 3.0. Oh, 3.0. 3.0. Yeah. Yeah. I think there's no question that Squadron has been pushed. Till next year. Uh, Kaloran asks, what did you think of the images of the new shotgun? Haven't actually seen it. Oh, man. It is That was from Vizlera, right? Love that gun. I am going to send this right now to Eris so that he can exclaim and enjoy... Because I love it shotguns. A, it's a double barrel semi-automatic shotgun. Ooh. Oh, what? <laughs> oh. Uh, so um, Juan SS88 says, uh, did you see the arcade machine aboard the Idris? Do you think we'll be able to play Wing Commander or Hyper Vanguard Force? Yes. Uh, yes, especially since there's a pool table at some point, right? Polaris. In the Polaris, there's a pool table, and I believe the pool table will be poolable. Thank you. Um, well, I think it could very well be as well that um, as the electronic access games. That's a break. Let's. That is Star Marine Sunk and it. it's Arena Commander. <laughs> and the bin. 
sorry. I'm sorry. Next. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. It would it's be amazing if we could play Wing Commander yeah. in there, but you have to get the licenses first. Yeah. Um, but that uh, that Castec Arms Ravager shotgun is pretty unreal. Anyway, look. Oh yes, that's pretty. That is a pretty, very very pretty. <laughs> that's a pretty shotgun. That's a pretty shotgun. Okay, so uh, Jim asks, "Hello, Jim. It's been a while." Uh, Hi, Jim. Based on based on the ATV Idris clips, do you think that it was a finished Moro tour? Um. I'm not sure, entirely sure what he's asking. They like, like, it would be a, a chapter or a squadron. It's probably the same chapter that has the model to run it. The first yeah. one. It's, it's probably pretty early on to not spoil anything. It's probably going to show the Moro tour and like learning about the Idris and then flying a bit. And, and it will probably end right at some like cliffhanger, like you just get blown up or something and then boom or you're just about to see like a bengal and cut because they hate us like that um <laughs> like the end of the freaking planet editor demo yeah like the end of the freaking planet editor demo when they're like oh there's an idris we're gonna fly around never mind yeah fade to black and we all went so, you guys suck <laughs> squadron is is um has it been said that we're based in shubin like that's our base of operations uh, on Shubin. No, the base of operations is on an Idris. The base of ops is the Idris. Oh, okay, then. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, it's also now. the reason why, I mean, now that we know that they're completing the bangle for the game, we know that it'll be in there to a degree, but for a while there was some speculation the bangle would only be a, a bit piece, sort of, like seen off in the distance. Um. The retribution we know will not play a big role. No. If any. Uh, so Hellcat asks, speaking of Spectrum, they mentioned live threads. Do you think they'll be integrated with in-game chat? Uh, probably not in-game chat, but I'd imagine on your MOBA glass, you might be able to like view forums on your MOBA glass. I don't well, see I, why I, they... No, go ahead. Yeah. I, I don't. I don't see why they wouldn't integrate that. Yeah. Uh, they they seem to be going gung ho with the integration as it is. So I definitely think you will have yeah. that functionality. Yeah. They should oh. call it like the the extraverse outside the game. I I think that what they're what they're doing with Spectrum is incredibly important for the game. Um, they they said early on that I mean you need to have it integrated because you need to be able to hack into other people's comms. And if they're using something exterior, if they're using TeamSpeak or Discord, then you won't be able to do it. It has to be all done in-game. This Spectrum integration is extremely important. And again, that's why I think that they really should put mobile first because that will get everyone to it. If you can think if, move us over now. Yeah, then it's easy. Uh, I really think that it's important for their voice to be the best quality you can get because it really yes. they need to they really 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 need to push people to use their voice um, their voice chat because I mean it offers a lot of benefits. I might even go so far as long as the product that, that they're offering is as good or better than anybody else's. I might even go so far as to say maybe. They should disallow other voice clients for Star Citizen. 
because it's that important. Yep. Um, it's I'm not saying that for sure because they still have to get to that point where they have the best voice client, but um, is it voice is going to be more voice will be more important in Star Citizen than in any other game. What if they made the voice API uh, something or use something that's already used quite common enough on VoIP servers, and then they could integrate uh, that way? That's certainly possible. I don't know. Although Turbulent has always seemed to do their own things. Not I'm not entirely sure. I'm not entirely sure. I mean, they might buy a product. They might. Um, I'm not sure how they're going to do it. Because, I mean, I mean they might write it all Mumble. themselves. I'm going to use Mumble in, you know, to play in game because go, I've already used Go it. ahead, next. Mm-hmm. Next. Um, have they not said before that they've spoken to other companies about VoIP and stuff like that? And so these don't do yeah. the things we want, list their own thing? Yeah. yeah. Then, uh, sorry, continue. I was going to say, in the past, they've for stuff like the chat, they've used open protocols and stuff like that. So I imagine they'll probably keep it open in some regard. Yeah. Um, we're, we're just about out of time here, but I do want to uh, answer. Uh, Takomi SC says, I don't disagree about mobile first, but why don't you think they need to build the system on its main platform first? I do think they need to build it on its main platform first, but at the same time, I... like Discord was released for PC and for mobile at the same time. The thing that made... Dis INN moved over. We used to be on Skype. We used to do all of our chat, INN chat on Skype, and it was terrible. Admittedly, it was horrible. Yep. But we moved over on mass almost as soon as Discord came out because it just it had perfect integration. You could see what was on desktop, and you could see the exact same thing on your mobile. It was perfect. And the thing is, I mean, especially for me, INN is pretty pretty large and people ask me questions and things are going on all the time at work i can't get on skype on my work desktop i can't get on on star citizen the the rsi on my work desktop i can't get on forums i can't even get to imperialnews.network at my work this is my lifeline yep it's all i have if i want to move inn over to spectrum and i'm sure i'm not the only person that, that has this this issue. And I'm sure I'm not, INN's not the only org that has this issue. If we want to move it over to Spectrum, if you want to see mass integration of Spectrum, which is probably something they want to see right away to know that it's being picked up and to know that it will be picked and will be used and will carry into the game well, which is what they need to have happen, it needs to be mobile. Because INN is not leaving Discord until Spectrum has mobile integration. We can't. We cannot afford to. Yep, and that's it. No, it's, I, it was basically the first thing he said. We're like, we're moving over to Spectrum as soon as we can, but we need mobile first. Yep, <laughs> and that was sort of like, oh, oh, look, it's at the bottom of the slide. It shouldn't be there. Yeah. <laughs> I, I really want, I really want uh, to use Spectrum. Yeah. Really want to use Spectrum, but we can't until there's mobile integration. INN, and maybe maybe other orgs are slightly different. Who knows? Mobile integration to me is pretty much the most important thing that they can do right now. Because let's be honest, right now in-game uh, integration of chat is not that important. There's not much to do in-game. Like even when 3.0 comes out, there's still not that much to it. You don't really need it 
intensely. Mobile. 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 Okay, and before I... Oh, lost him. He's gone. <laughs> I, I just... And, and honestly, I will be finding some way to, to tell CIG about this, and I'll probably message Turbulent and, and Disco, and I'm just... Don't you have a bunch of, like, super amazing buddies over at Turbulent? Just, uh... No, I... And then I, it all out. I, I do need to go to I do need to go to Montreal and visit visit Turbulent, but no, I, I and this is something that I would I want us as a community to ask for because that's what the community does and that's what CIG does. If we ask for it, they will listen. And I think if we we push them on and and try and you know explain to them that mobile integration is something that's really really important. Just look at how Discord grew. Yeah, and like Jake Jake Acapella says, I can't believe y'all are still going on. So I'm gonna shut up about mobile integration. Tell CIG, everyone, thanks so much for hanging out. And uh, yeah, we're we're still here. Yeah, we're still here. We're gonna head out. Thank you all, and you know what? We'll see you in the verse. See you in the verse. <laughs>